You're listening to the Talking Through Hoops podcast with Robert Schlatter and Nick Paravalos. You're one stop for what it is in the NBA today. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Talking True Hoops podcast. Back with Robert Schlatter and Nick Paravalos. Week four NBA action to talk about here, Nick. Ready to get into it? I'm ready to jump in. So, actually, I'd say we had a lot of storylines coming into week four. A lot more news than last week, like we uh, spoke about. Some uh, trades, some controversy within NBA organizations outside of the NBA that may implicate the NBA one day. Quiet uh, week three, uh, busy week four. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to start off with the trade between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. Eric Bledsoe to the Bucks for a projected 2018 first-round pick, projected uh, second-round pick in 2018 as well, as well as Greg Monroe. He was also he's also injured right now, so you know yeah. we, I don't know if he's going to have some immediate uh, immediate impact with the. I think it's with an expiring the, contract as well. He's yes, an it, it is an uh, expiring contract. So looking at this, what does this mean for the Bucks, Nick? Well, the Bucks, you know, they had a four-game losing streak before they made that trade, so they uh, acquired Bledsoe, which yes. helps out the offense. I think he's an athletic point guard, really complements the team well. Uh, you know, since they've had them two and zero start with them, so let's see where the where the ceiling is for the Milwaukee Bucks, who already had high expectations. Yeah, exactly. And I we basically predicted this when there were the rumors moving around about you know where he could actually go. He was upset with what was going on in Phoenix and certain destinations. I believe it was either me or you, but we definitely mentioned the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll have to go back and listen, but. I think it was you, Rob. I think it was me, yeah. so I'll take credit for that one. But looking it. at it, you know, Bledsoe as an athletic kind of younger player, still kind of entering his prime within his prime right now, and he could really do a lot of wonders for Giannis. Giannis can still handle the ball, but to actually have a true point guard there. Malcolm Brogdon is a nice player, but they kind of moved him into the shooting guard spot slash backup point guard role. So moving Bledsoe in with that just makes them a better overall team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I per- I personally like Bledsoe with um, already the already athletic. He's because he's an athletic point guard. He really fits the system well in Milwaukee. And you know what? He's got a good coach in Jason Kidd yeah. to help out point guards for sure. Right. So um, also Giannis. You know, it takes a lot more stress off of him being the primary ball handler. Yes. So it's going to help him out as well. I saw I saw Bledsoe throw uh, yeah, a lob al- to him. Yeah, the alley-oop against the Spurs, like, and they've already started. Very dangerous. To, they already started to beat solid teams like the Spurs, so it shows that adding a little more experience at the point guard position, adding a better talent at the point guard position, and just kind of – he's not really in that mold of, like, long athletic – long athletic guard he is athletic but he's not as long as the rest of them but he is quick he's an athlete that you can add I would be kind of concerned with his injury history just for you know he may get injured with in the future but adding him to the team just makes Milwaukee that much better and especially now we'll get on later to the Celtics and uh, the Cavaliers but looking at that top three that that could be a possible top three that really I think that really controls the East now that Bledsoe's there and what the Cavs and the Celtics are doing. So just makes them a much more enter- entertaining team to watch and just 
going to see what happens in the future. Yeah, I mean, they, they looked good the last couple of games with Bledsoe once again, but they did allow a triple-double to Lonzo Ball in the last game. Yeah. But that uh, that will lead into our next topic of LiAngelo the Ball. The Ball family. Man. Game, he good. One-on-one, I'm undefeated. Never lost. You're getting in a little bit of trouble, a little exactly. bit of hot water. LiAngelo Ball was, and his uh, two fellow UCLA teammates were arrested uh, between Monday and Tuesday morning slash night, wherever – it's kind of uh, weird with the situation with the time, you know, the time, time, the time yeah, zones yeah, yeah. in China. Uh, and they were suspicious of uh, shoplifting from a Louis Vuitton store. And initially, the reports are that they could have gotten three to ten years in prison if convicted of the crimes. Oh, that blows. That blows. They're going to have to spend about, the reports were about, 20 to 30 days already staying in China before they can actually come back. If they they were saying if they actually admitted to the crime, they haven't there weren't any real news about that. If they actually admitted to the crime, they could get a lesser sentence. Um, it's just a weird situation oh, for man. the Ball family. I, th- that was kind of just a curveball right there. I don't know what what how <laughs> I don't know one what I thought Leangelo mine. Yeah, I don't know. I thought LiAngelo was kind of like the mellow, kind of under-the-radar guy, and he comes out and, you know, does this. Maybe they were just doing their, you know, just heading into college, UCLA in China. They really should have locked him in their hotel room and not let him go go about being young college kids in China yeah, I mean, in a populated area and doing stuff like that. But it's just weird to have associated with that big baller brand and just, you know, it's just a weird situation. I thought they only want big baller apparel. Big ball, yeah, exactly. <laughs> why, why are you messing around Come with Louis Vuitton? It's all about big baller, and according big baller to Lavar. Exactly. Yeah. So accepting the sentence can weaken, or accepting the guilt can weaken the sentence. Obviously, they haven't done that, but they can. You know, they could be. Ta- they're going to possibly be detained for more than a month. But allegedly. looking at allegedly, so. Really, what does it mean for LiAngelo heading forward into his NBA career and already in college? Well, so he hasn't even he hasn't even started playing for college. I, I for would UCLA. not say I would not jump to the NBA career yet because you have no idea what's up with this guy. And to he, be completely he, honest, he should just stay in China at this point because he's not going to be balling he in, could, at he UCLA. Could, he could go play for the Shanghai Sharks. He could go play for the Guangdong Tigers if he's got to. He could go play for whatever Chinese team that he. That he needs. Yeah. All right? Because he's definitely not playing at UCLA probably this year. Waste waste for him. Well, depending on what they see with what actually went on there, he could be playing. It may have been a misunderstanding. Or it could be that they were just being stupid and that's messing a- around and stealing stealing some bag. But that's weird. Why, is, like, why are you stealing Louis Vuitton from China? Isn't that where a lot of like fake brands are and stuff? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I really don't understand the whole situation. And yeah, I can't assume weird. anything because I wasn't there, and a lot of the news, uh, I could, mean, I could don't know, be, could be skewed, could yes, be exactly, could be different than the truth. You know, there's different yep. news outlets that could be hate lovers of the big baller brand, and that really kind of. I uh, I watched the Ball Family uh, show. Ball on Facebook, family. yeah, yep, I Facebook, watch it, yeah, and I will say that they, they are a very entertaining bunch. Um, Lavar gives a bad vibe for the family, but if you watch, he actually cares about his kids. Yeah, he does. And I, we'll see what happens with Jello. Um, you know, he, everyone was saying that he's the worst um, ball brother. Well, I would kind of, I would say honestly, I'd agree with you or agree with that because he's he's under the radar. He's probably the best shooter out of the group. Looking at 
his highlights from Chino Hills and a little bit of the UCLA of what he's done there. But he has no left hand. If you watch him actually play and throughout all of his highlights, it's all right-handed dominated. He's a good shooter, but even LeVar said there's not a huge – he he said that he doesn't really expect LiAngelo to go into the NBA. He said that to one quote. I remember that coming out during the draft when Lonzo was possible or when Lonzo was about to enter into the draft and be drafted by the Lakers. He was talk he was asked about the other kids and he kind of threw LiAngelo under the bus and kind of put more shine onto Lonzo and uh, Melo. So it he's kind of looked at as the lost son out of the group. He is not – I don't believe he's as talented as Lonzo. I think he could be on the same level of Melo, but Melo is kind of like coming back up – or he's still in high school and he still he's has to 16. develop. Exactly. So we have to see where he goes. But it's just a weird situation to be put in at the beginning of your college career, not even playing a whole game – not even going into a preseason or a whole game with the UCLA Bruins and just doing that. And they did, he, he didn't obviously didn't play during their China expi- exhibition. Oh, no. Out in China, so it's just a weird situation for the Ball family. Don't know how it's going to implicate him in the NBA, but you first got to look at how it's going to implicate him with the UCLA Bruins. So weird situation there. Moving so, on to an- another topic that kind of rose out for the past couple of days. LeBron again has to be talking about, of course, the dysfunctional Knicks. Now, yes, there may be a little bias here coming from a Knicks fan, but you know, I just have to say what I have to say about this and I'll let Nick talk but after the win against Dallas when he played against Dennis Smith Jr. I believe it was Saturday LeBron said when asked about Dennis Smith Jr. not asked about the Knicks or any any other team he was asking about Dennis Smith Jr. and how how good of a player he is and what his commentary would be and evaluation he would be when he when he played against when he played against him on the court he said uh, the Knicks passed on a good one, and Dallas got a diamond in the rough. He should be a Nick. So, off the bat, I'm just like, why do you have? We understand that the Knicks probably let go of the better talent between what Frank Nealakina was and Dennis Smith Jr. You'd probably want to take Dennis Smith Jr. right, but this is a clear shot at the organization as a whole. Frank Nealakina just obviously Phil Jackson, which may be deserved you know, of what, what happened and how that whole situation between LeBron and uh, Phil Jackson panned out last year. But it just, he insulted Frank Nielakina and he said, he later came out and said, oh, I wasn't trying to make it into something. It wasn't trying to make it into news. This will make headlines, but blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say it anyway. But he directly insulted the organization and Frank Nielakina by saying that because you're like, oh, Dennis Smith Jr. is obviously – or he didn't say he said Dennis Smith Jr. is obviously the more talented player out of the bunch. Just from that quote is that you passed on a great player taking away Frank Neokina. Neokina is not a bad player. He's a good defender. He probably won't end up being the star point guard, but looking at it, it's just like LeBron, you don't have to mention them. Just say you were asked about Dennis Smith Jr. Just say, oh, he's a great player. He's a great player in the draft. But no, he had to mention the Knicks because he likes to throw shots. And maybe it is because they the Knicks screwed over Carmelo, and that's his buddy. That's his banana, banana boat bro. So maybe that is what happened, Nick. I don't, you know, it's just that's my opinion on it. Just being, I may be defending the Knicks, even though I don't like them this year, and I don't like the way the team is, and I, I even don't like the organization too. But just keep them out of your mouth and worry about your own team. All right. So LeBron James, after that, ran on. I'll uh, come 
I don't know how to top that. But yeah. it, Le- LeBron James should he shouldn't be talking about the Knicks and that question and how it was worded. He didn't need to bring up yeah, the Knicks no. and how they passed up on um, Dennis Smith Jr. But once again, you know. It's Dennis Smith Jr.'s rookie year. It's Frank Nielakina's rookie year. So you don't know how the future is going to pan out. Because Dennis Smith also had some injuries with his knees in the past. He has an injury history. Exactly. Right? So really right away, to put down, to put down, you know, um, that he's going to be automatically better than Frank Nielakina. Nielakina's young. He's got room to grow. And you know what? A lot of these European players that come into the NBA take a while to develop their game. Right? Giannis yes. Adetokounmpo, for example. Yes. It took him. How long? Yeah. His rookie year, he averaged what seven and like two off. Yeah, the bench. not not really not really a great player. And then once he got a little more playing time, got a little more development, he blossomed into a very good player. Exactly. Obviously, right now, I'm not comparing Frank to Giannis. I'm just saying that that's this, just the process you can't, that goes along. You with can't it. predict the future on these young point guards from the first I don't like ten games, fifteen games in an NBA season. Yeah. Um, I know that LeBron James came out today and said, I'm not taking shots at Frank Nielakina for talking about his game. He was talking about just how he, his opinion on Dennis Smith was. Yeah, that it's clearly when you say they passed on a good player that the pick before, you're, you're clearly saying that the pick before was not as good as Dennis Smith Jr. And that may be the case, but why do you have to say that? Yeah. Worry about the Cleveland Cavaliers and how you guys are below 500. Obviously, they'll finish with a better record than the Knicks. That's going to be a fact. But you don't need to talk about what's happening with other organizations cuz clearly you see that's just where that's just how you kind of know with LeBron that his mind is elsewhere. So looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers, yeah. for he, his mind is kind of working another thing. He's looking at this other team where he's going to go, what he's going to— Exactly what I was going to say. He's looking. He's like, you know, maybe if the Knicks drafted Dennis Smith Jr., I would have took my talents oh, please. there. I don't but know. he's he... not. And he, you know what? He's a, he's a bump. That man acting like, oh, you know, he's on the New York City train line you know, oh, today. Yeah, yeah like... today, today uh, they're playing the Knicks, actually. So LeBron— is in the city and the whole Cavaliers team took the took the train down to, to their hotel. They took town, it back from their hotel to, to hotel. I think they I think the practice facility is close to Madison Square Garden, but they they made a big deal. Some guy got really mad at LeBron for t- trying to get him in his selfie or whatever in his video not? in his snap. Yeah, and he and he was just in like he turned into like a viral star. So that's what that's what the situation was with LeBron in New York, but he even came out, and I'm not a big fan of Ennis Cantor. Like, I did not – he's been playing well, which I have to give him credit for, but I'm not a huge fan. And he came out and he defended on Twitter. He said, we're fine with what we got. Yeah. We don't need to talk uh, – we don't need other guys. Like, Ennis Cantor, you know, what he said with KD, and that was kind of off basis and what he said there. But he's defending his own player and his teammate and – even though he is going up against LeBron's word against his, you know, I really side with Ennis Cantor in this. It's just keep your business to yourself and don't don't be looking in our backyard. You don't need to be talking about what we're doing to the media. It's it's just a weird situation that LeBron, of course, has to bring up to involve himself in. It's just yeah, LeBron James, he's taking up two seats on the train in that video. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Think about other people. Think about Let other people. Let Shannon Fry sit. The man was standing up. His exactly. head was on top of the thing. I think JR and Amon were, come on. they didn't get a seat. He was letting Kyle Korver sit down. But I, I know I know if there's a person taking up two seats, like, come on, man. Come on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. So, so we'll just uh, move on to the next topic with um, Oklahoma City. 
You know, is is there uh, trouble in little, paradise little, over there? A little bit of struggle with the big three, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, new team, a lot of new pieces. Takes a while to uh, connect, I would say, Rob. So, yeah. you know, I saw Paul George went off. Paul George went off past, game past two games. Right? I think he had 42 and then he had 37. So he's really been he's, playing well. I like Paul George. I think he's probably, the, you know, he's the second option there in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd agree. But, yeah. um, you know, new new pieces. It takes a while once again. So, you know, nothing, in my opinion, there's no concern there. No, I don't think there's any concern at all because this team – they're, you're going to have early struggles. The same thing with the Cavaliers. This team is not built for the regular season. Mm-hmm. They're built for the postseason. Like, when you get Melo and Paul George and Russell Westbrook in the postseason, that's where they're going to flourish. Playing same thing with the Cavs. 38 minutes a game, you know, Exactly. Plus, so, plus. And, like, everyone's like, well, you know, the dysfunction, like, Russell Westbrook should be getting the ball. Russell Westbrook should be doing this. He was the MVP last year. Like, yeah, we get that. Russell Westbrook's really good. Paul George is also really good. Carmelo Anthony is also really good. So, they're going to be fine. The regular season, they could finish with, you know, a seventh seed as long as they don't match. You know, West is tough, so yeah, know, they lo- need to get on it a yeah, little. Yeah, no, 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 I agree with that, but they don't need to, as long as they're not the eighth seed, which I highly doubt that they'll finish with the eighth seed, knowing the amount of talent that they have on the team, as long as they, they're built for the regular, or they're built for the postseason and they'll match up with a team, I don't know, such as Houston or maybe they'll get Minnesota somehow, as long as they don't match up with Golden State, they're going to be fine. And, and if they could advance to then play Golden State in a, say, Western Conference final, then that's kind of where you kind of nitpick what what's going on with the team. But right now, dude, they're they're fine. Yeah, the, you know, the pieces also will probably move. I could see them acquiring doing a little trade. Shooter. Steven Adams is their big their big piece at the center position. He's he's been injured or yeah, been, exactly. had injury problems for the past couple of games. Mello is out with a back problem, so they just got to get healthy because he's old. Yeah, he's old too. <laughs> so they just got to get him through the regular season. Get him to. Get them through 82 games. Get them to the postseason. Stop worrying about OKC. Stop trying to make storylines. But oh, what, what's wrong with OKC? Oh my God, Russell Westbrook isn't getting as many touches as he should. Paul George, da, da, da. no, stop. Like, let them get to the postseason. They'll be fine. Yep. Moving on to another kind of good team. They're good. They're playing well right now, but they kind of have questions around the roles of everyone around the team. Everyone on the team is uh, the. The Minnesota Twins, or not Minnesota Twins. Oh, I botched that one. Come on, man. Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. So, Jimmy Butler, their big acquisition at the uh, draft last year, or this past season, or this past draft, their big acquisition, he's been, con- they've been winning. They're, they're very, I believe they have a seven and five record. So, they're playing well. They're playing okay in the Western Conference. But Jimmy Butler's kind of taking a back seat to, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins a little bit. So he's kind of playing the third third option there, averaging 15.7 points per game, 4.2 assists, uh, 5.2 rebounds per game. But the real concerning thing that I would say that goes along with this Minnesota Timberwolves team, not the Minnesota Twins, the Minnesota Timberwolves team, is they are at the back end on the defensive end again. So... Jimmy Butler was brought in to think, oh, he's going to be paired with Tibbs again. It's going to be all hunky-dory with freaking, you know, like it was with, with the Bulls when, when Jimmy was playing there and they had a good defensive team. One player doesn't make a difference, and they're 27th in points allowed, allowing a, a whopping 
111.8 points per game. So it's a cause for concern, Nick. Yeah, I would I would agree. I'm surprised. Tom Thibodeau teams usually um, they're very defensive. I'm sure. Yeah. He's also I think he believe he plays he coaches for the U.S. national team. Yeah, he coached. He, really he, co- he really with the he coached with the Boston Celtics as a defensive. Yeah. Basically, a defensive, defensive coordinator coach. and with the Houston Rockets and those were good teams. The Bulls but too. Um, the Bulls, of course, where he head was a head coach, but now it just they it can't be put together. They brought in Taj Gibson, who also plays a little bit of defense. He's kind of on the back end of his career, to be honest with you. But looking at that, it's it's not going all together with the defense, and that's going to be a real problem. Even though they're seven and five right now, Carl Anthony Towns is playing well, Wiggins is playing well, Jimmy Butler needs to get back in. Well, to Jimmy, kind of sink, so. Jimmy said he's going to be a new Jimmy Butler coming, looking forward. So let's see. But what, what he does. does that really mean? Though? You know, he's going to be more aggressive. Maybe they try to get him in more involved into the offense. So I I. When, when it's I also, hear, I think that the 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 point guard situation with Jeff Teague isn't benefiting Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins. I think as much as Ricky Rubio would have. You think so? I think so. I think Jeff Teague is not as much as big as a facilitator. Yeah, as no, those two I guys. See that. He's more of, um, I guess he could take score, some people score off for, the dribble. Yeah, uh, yeah, a score first kind of point guard. But I, I mean, Jimmy Butler, he he really blossomed into a very good player in the past couple of years with Chicago, but looking at him now with Minnesota, I, I never was a huge, like big fan of him being like a number one option kind of guy anyway, but it's kind of weird how, even though he's a defensive minded player and he's kind of defensive first and that's how he came into the league and he was, that's how he kind of gained his role at in, in Chicago and then kind of became more of an offensive player. It's kind of weird how that's not, that's not working out with their defense, and they really need to fix that. And one player can't fix that, so they need to kind of well, Wiggins all come together. Is, I know Wiggins is terrible on defense. Yeah, Wiggins. Wiggins had like one Carl of the worst Towns player efficiency is, last year on defense. Carl Anthony Towns is a, a very he's not good, really that good defensively either. No, he's he's not a very good low post defender. How about he, Jeff Teague? Jeff Teague is not a very good okay. defender it's, either. It's, they got to figure it out. The system. They uh, all have to buy in. You yes. can't. Like that's and true. I know that's kind of who's like oh that's always said like they have to buy and it's easier said than done like that's true like they really need to actually buy into what Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler's you yeah know, if you look at teams what their that, mentality is you look at that, those Bulls teams he had players that bought into that defense exactly. Joakim Noah was Joakim insane Noah. on defense yeah now he sucks you know? that's yeah. another story. yeah well he had a lot of injuries <laughs> but you know that. That's what I would say would probably be the main issue. The people need to buy in. Yeah, they yeah. really need to just come together and really buy into the Thibodeau system. And whether or not that'll happen, I don't know. Yeah, so let, let's go to our next topic. The Boston Celtics are rolling. They are absolutely yep. rolling. You know, a lot of injuries, but guess what? That's why you draft for depth. That's yeah. why Danny Ainge drafts with depth. Because if you get an injury, someone you just got, slides you got in. Someone to just you got put someone just the- You got people like... Terry Rozier stepping up. Terry Rozier is ball. I like him. He was for, he's a Louisville guy. You know, you get a couple of those guys that come through, but he's he's you know he's he um plays well on defense yeah. as well as offensively. He helps out, so that's that's huge for them. But Rob, wh- what else do you think about them? Like uh, Baines is playing. Baines well? is playing well too. Tatum has been a pleasant surprise out of the draft, even though people thought he was really the. I like Tatum. He's a yeah. Jalen Brown has really stepped up too. They're twelve and two. They went on a twelve game 
winning streak right now. They're still on the 12-game winning streak, so they dropped their first two and then won the next 12. Kyrie, oh, obviously, with the Gordon Hayward injury, we thought that it would they would take a hit, but it doesn't look like they skipped a beat. Al Horford had a little concussion scare, but he's back. He was back in. Kyrie got like blasted in the face on a on a drive to the hoop. So he was out for I believe their last game. Horford was out for about two games, but the Celtics are looking like like especially Kyrie. Like Kyrie is like all right. People don't think like. I was one. I was one exactly, and I was one of the doubters that thought he really couldn't carry a team on his own. But right now, I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Kyrie Irving is kind of looking like I'm taking the next step with these with this Boston Celtics team and really making them better. And Al Horford, he's he was kind of looked at as, oh, you're not really a second option or a third option anymore. You're kind of just like a a guy that really wasn't worth the money, but he's been playing really well. And and when you plug in though, the when you have those kind of core pieces, and oh, I couldn't even imagine how good they would be if, especially if Gordon Hayward, Hayward was there. And if you just plug in those pieces, and they've all just come together, and like we can't say enough about Brad Stevens. That he's man, a great coach. that I man, love him. he's the best coach in the NBA, besides probably Greg Popovich. Right now, I believe he's the best coach in the NBA, and you could say. People throw out like Steve Kerr because of the Warriors. No, I'm Steve not, Kerr's terrible. No, I don't. I don't really. I'm Steve Kerr's a, terrible. I'm not a big fan of Steve Kerr as a coach, but that off basis. But Brad Stevens has really gotten that team in a system, and he's Kyrie's like, okay, I'm going to buy into Brad Stevens' system when he ran with Isaiah. And you know, I thought Isaiah was pretty close to what Kyrie's doing, but Kyrie is like, I'm taking what Isaiah did and putting it to a absolute another level. And what it means for them in the Eastern Conference, I mean, I can see them once again winning the East. The East. Uh, what it means for them in the playoffs, uh, got to see what happens with Cleveland. They'll be there up there with Cleveland. Yeah, or, so or... I think that'll be a, possibly a Cleveland versus Milwaukee or Boston or maybe if Washington comes in, but we got to see how Cleveland really goes with their injuries and how Isaiah comes back and if we really kind of believe that they're going to continue to do what they do we got to give them the benefit of the doubt until they actually lose actually lose in the Eastern Conference then we got to take them as the favorite going in but Boston's been balling I think that they're really going to continue upon what they're doing right now and really I think they could win the East they really could yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they won these. Wouldn't really be surprised if they did. So those were our topics for this week. A lot of good topics to talk about. On to the top fantasy pickups for week four. Nick, you want to take it away? Here's this week's fantasy recommendations from Rob and Nick. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw in my my personal number one. Um, you know, Terry Rozier, as I mentioned. Terry Rozier, yeah, playing really, really, really well. well. Really well. You know, he's he's a combo guard. Yeah, he's averaging 10.3 points, 5.4 rebounds, and 2.4 assists. So he's been playing really well. If you can scoop him up, definitely Get scoop him. him up. Definitely pick him up. Trevor Booker. Trevor Booker. He's coming take back him. from coming back from injury, coming from a Brooklyn Nets fan, but yeah, take him, pick he's him a, up he's because he's getting get. his. He's gonna get his eleven eleven. Oh yeah, he. I. I. They're prop. Most likely, they're gonna plug him into the starting lineup. But Rondé Hollis Jefferson's been playing amazingly. Yeah, Damari Carroll. So Hollis Jefferson's kind of no Booker comes in in the fourth quarter for Mozgov. They, so they play. Yeah, really yeah, they small. Pl- they play small. So that's a that that's, helps out for that's Booker. something to keep in mind. But they usually. In terms of the starting role, Russell is actually out, so that may yeah, be exactly, another. Yeah. Maybe look at Dinwiddie for a possible backup point guard role on your team if you have, for instance, 
D'Angelo Russell, still, or if still, you want to steal the steal a guy, still like, pushing uh, Karis Levert. Karis Levert on the Karis Nets. Levert. He's so, gonna get buckets, right? Yeah, but in terms of like the Nets, I think Trevor Booker yes. is gonna be a play a big role, especially for fantasy. Another player that is getting a lot of hype. It's kind of weird with the Tony Parker injury situation with the San Antonio Spurs. So it was first DeJounte Murray, which we were high on, but he's kind of taking a back seat. Now it's more of Kyle Anderson. Coming in averaging 8.3 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, but he's been playing really well lately. So if you want to take him and plug him into your lineup for like a week or a day, he's definitely a guy you want to keep on when he's he just is another uh, another long, athletic long athle- yeah, long athletic person. He could come in, you know. He he actually could dribble the ball. He could facilitate. Yes, when he, he really was at can. UCLA. He was uh, doing that. He'll you know he'll fill in for Kawhi Leonard as well when he takes uh, days off. Yeah, exactly. Hurt. Like, so uh, last week, well, Kawhi Kawhi is actually out for a long period of time. Exactly. But. So that's why Kyle Anderson he's he's a good pickup. Rudy Gay would be another guy if he's not already on somebody's team. Oh, yet. I no, you gotta have Rudy Gay locked in. He's owning like eighty percent of leagues. Yeah. So another one, which is I don't know, not a. I was a huge fan of him, but now like I don't know because he's on Cleveland. He used to be a Nick J.R. Smith. He's averaging J.R. J.R. Smith J.R. off the Henny. Uh, 7.9 points per game, 2.5 rebounds per game, and 1.8 assists. But he's a guy that's kind of now, over his past couple games, he's kind of been stepping up a little more. He got put into the starting lineup once D-Wade was taken out, so he's kind of getting accumulated back to what he was in the starting lineup. Along with playing with LeBron, he's going to get uh, he's gonna get open buckets threes. off assists, open threes, layups. That's just what happens when you play with LeBron. So definitely keep JR on your radar. Another guy... That we were talking about with the Minnesota Timberwolves was uh, Taj Gibson, averaging 9.8 uh, points, 7.4 rebounds, and 1.4 assists. He was off to a slow start with the Timberwolves, but now he's kind of picked it back up. So that is definitely a guy that you want to keep on the, your radar if you don't Brooklyn have The Brooklyn native. The Brooklyn native, yeah, yep. exactly. So I think he's owned in about 60-some-odd percent of the leagues um, around what it from wherever you're playing, but he's definitely a guy you want to keep on your radar. Like so him. those are our top fantasy pickups for week four. Those were our topics for week four. We really appreciate you guys for listening to another episode of the Talking True Hoops podcast. We got on iTunes recently, yep. so you can listen on iTunes. Definitely subscribe. subscribe. Give us a rating. We're still on YouTube, still on SoundCloud, so definitely subscribe there. Uh, comment, send us stuff. Uh, we're actually on Twitter and Instagram, so definitely hit us up there. We're at Talking True Hoops. So it's, yeah, it's just talking true hoops, whatever. It's a no, uh, no, no uh, comma or apostrophe in there. So uh, definitely check us out on Twitter. Hit us with the hit us with the follow on both Instagram and Twitter. Definitely show some love. Nick, got anything else? I got nothing else to add. Um, let's go Knicks. I do not want to see uh, LeBron win tonight. Yeah, exactly. So. The game is going on right now while we're recording. So I want to see, I've, even though it's kind of like a weird situation with them, I don't know. I hope they. I hope that they win. I highly doubt that they will, knowing that LeBron's coming to the Garden. But I hope they win. Once again, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Talking True Hoops podcast with Robert Schlatter and Nick Caravallos. We will see you next week. Be sure to join Rob and Nick for the next Talking True Hoops podcast.